Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Thursday, September 23rd. You have stocks around the world extending their gains, so U.S. equity futures are all in the green. S&P futures are up 36 points. That's about 80 basis points. The Dow futures are up 257 points. That's about 75 basis points. And the Nasdaq futures are up 130 points. That's about 85 basis points. So U.S. equity futures up about 75 to 85 basis points. Turning to Europe, you have the major indices up about 100 to 120 basis points. Gains are broad, so most major subgroups are participating in the rally. You're seeing outperformance in autos, tech, and renewable energy in particular. In Asia, the major indices also finished higher. So Japan was closed, but you had the Hang Seng up 1.2%, the Shanghai Comp up about 40 basis points. Australia, India, Taiwan all ended higher. Korea was the outlier, falling about 40 basis points. So no dramatic developments out overnight. Um, you know, I think China is dominating the macro narrative right now. So you had, remember, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Evergrande came out and said that they had, quote unquote, resolved a local bond payment. There still has been no news out on the dollar payments, dollar interest payments due today and then also on the 29th. Keep in mind that there is a 30-day cure period embedded in those bonds. So technically, the company has about 30 days from now to make the payment before you start to kind of uh, trigger some covenants. Um, But there has not been any kind of major news announcement out of that company. You did have the PBOC inject additional liquidity overnight, the most since January. So the government clearly is pulling on some liquidity levers to help relieve some of the tension um, around the property sector, but they are not, um, you know, un- unveiling substantive easing steps at this point in time. Although there are a lot of people who think you could see a triple R cut across the tape, um, you know, within the coming days or weeks. Um, so that's the situation in China. Turning to Europe. Um, the flash PMIs came out today for September and they were soft. Um, so you had the manufacturing and services flash PMI for September, both falling short in Europe. The market economics, which publishes those flash PMIs, talked about how European growth momentum slowed markedly in the month of September. So definitely um, a downbeat reading on the flash PMI front. You had a European auto supplier cut its guidance this morning. But that stock is actually one of the best performing um, in Europe, and the auto supplier sector is rallying across the board. So, just suggesting that um, you know sentiment expectations around the auto space in particular are very low. That like you're seeing a very big rally despite a profit warning. Um, in the U.S., there was really nothing all that incremental. Um, you know, so just quickly touching on the Fed from yesterday. I think in aggregate, the decision was not more hawkish than feared. But you are at a major inflection point with Fed policy. You are going to see tapering commence in uh, November or December. You're going to see a formal declaration at the November meeting, very likely. Powell did not sound all that worried about the recent soft jobs report. Um, you know, I think on the positive front, he did suggest that the pace of tapering will not be any more than $15 billion a month. So most people were penciling in $15 billion. He said that will be the ceiling um, and it could possibly be lower and tapering is not on a preset course. So those are all the words markets wanted to hear. But again, you are seeing policy getting tightened. Um, Policy will be tightened going forward. Um, The dots signaled four rate hikes in aggregate by the end of 2023, including one next year, um, three in 2023. Um, Again, that was kind of right at the upper end of what the markets would tolerate. So no more hawkish and feared, but you are still seeing policy get... um, Monetary policy will be uh, tightened going forward. I think more important, though, 
is what's happening on the fiscal front. So I wrote a lot about the fiscal situation in Washington um, with the debt ceiling, the government funding bill, you have reconciliation bill, you have the bipartisan infrastructure bill, um, and you have a variety of different other factors that Congress is trying to deal with. I think the, the big impediment now in Washington is not between Republicans and Democrats, it's between Democrats themselves as the party still has not been able to reach a consensus on the reconciliation bill. Um, no, I think Democrats at the end of the day are going to blink and fold a debt ceiling solution into that reconciliation bill. But again, they need to figure out the other con- the other pieces of the reconciliation bill in order to move that forward. So um, government funding runs out at the end of next week, at the end of September. I don't think you're going to see a shutdown. Right now, Democrats are pushing a bill that couples the debt ceiling with government funding. I think they're going to take the debt ceiling out, in which case they'll get Republican support um, to fund the government for a couple more months. So you're not going to see a shutdown next week. The debt ceiling probably still has another month plus to go before it becomes binding. So that's not imminent. Um, But again, the Democrats right now um, are not on the same page at all with regards to that reconciliation bill. And that that is the biggest impediment. Um, with regards to Washington, but I have a lot more details um, on on everything that's happening in DC. But I think the fiscal cliff um, is becoming a real big overhang for the market, um, and it's a question of you know the various different scenarios that will resolve this qua- uh, Washington logjam. None of them are particularly favorable. Either you're going to have a very steep fiscal cliff and low tax risk, um, or you're going to have a more mild fiscal cliff but high tax risk. So. I think investors are kind of grappling with um, the dual cliffs, monetary and fiscal, but fiscal is really going to be the big overhang. Um, Nothing all that dramatic on the company-specific front. Um, You know, the big theme in corporate America, though, are, are, you know, again, end market demand is very strong, but companies are facing a multitude of supply chain issues, whether it's parts availability, part cost, labor costs, shipping costs, et cetera. So FedEx, obviously... Tuesday night um, was the most dramatic example of the supply chain uh, strains. You had a couple of other smaller companies out last night echoing a lot of those same themes. So, you know, I think bulls will push back and say these are all just temporary headwinds. That's not impacting estimates for 2022 and 2023. Stocks are really trading on 2022 forecasts right now. Um, You know, I agree with that, but you are heading into um, the Q3 earnings season in less than a month. And it looks like you're going to see, um, you know, some pretty rocky reports, just given what um, all of the examples we've heard out of the last several weeks from companies. Um, so that is the background with regards to news. You know, I still think that you had very oversold conditions. You, you've had some relatively favorable news as far as developments not being any worse than feared. So this rebound rally makes some sense. I still think it should be faded, though, not chased. The three big overhangs on the market, um, you know, China growth slowdown, um, the corporate margin compression, and then all the Washington uncertainty, all that still remains very much in place. Um, and so I think until you see clarity on those fronts, the market will stay um, choppy at best. For Thursday, the focus will be on earnings. So um, Accenture, Dart, and Restaurants are the big ones out before the open. You have Costco and Nike tonight, and then you have the U.S. slash PMIs at 9.45. Um, And that is everything for today, Thursday, September 23rd. Thank you for listening.